Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Alan Cannon. CEO of Crucial. How are you, how are you doing, Alan? Um, great, Ronan. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Great to have you on. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background so we know who you are. Yeah, so Alan Cannon, I, I uh, started my career um, or uh, very interested in, in science. So studied physics at university um, and then from, from there went into the defence and aerospace industry um, with a uh, a large um, defence contractor based in Bristol. Um, worked there for 11 years, um, started off in a very technical role and then laterally moved into systems engineering and uh, uh, project management. Um, moved from there back to Scotland and got involved in the space industry. Um, I was working for a satellite organisation, uh, Clyde Space, based in, based in the centre of Glasgow. Um, we were we were putting up um, small satellites, CubeSats. Um, so I became the head of missions for that for that organisation, um, basically uh, running um, a large part of their engineering function. Um, and I was working with uh, with um, my now co-founder Kevin William, uh, who was the head of spacecraft design. Um, and it was it was while we were there we realised it was a huge opportunity. Um, in, uh, in 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 the space industry to to build businesses and build uh, new technologies, uh, so it was a, fa- a fascinating world to be in. Um, I'm sure I went to that, but yeah, so that's that's where that's where life life began for me, and uh, it's always been in technology. It's always been in um, it's always been uh, kind of that kind of how do we use technology for yeah. what for good and and uh, yeah. Thanks. Well, look at right now. Right now, space industry is, has changed because you see basically NASA and mainly the Russians, and then you got Chinese involved that was doing it. But now you got people like uh, Elon Musk was involved. You've also got a uh, uh, Richard Branson involved, and also uh, the Amazon guys involved as well. Blue Horizon. So you got all these different things involved now, and it's shown it, it, that probably inspired you to think, well, if they can do, why can't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think actually. Technology's had a huge part to play in that, yeah. in that the the technology, the, the size of satellites have, have actually come down in size. So there's been a democratization in access to space. So it used to be that it was, you know, the likes of NASA that could afford to put a satellite on, on orbit. Yeah. Um, but now, um, you know, a startup, um, you know, can put a satellite on orbit. Um, the launch costs have come down. Um, uh, the you know because of the likes of Elon Musk has been able to you know reduce the the, the cost of an actual uh, putting satellite on orbit, yeah. which is incredible. So um, yeah, it's it, it's meant it's meant that the space industry has grown uh, exponentially. In that there's you know there's the, there's a huge upstream part of the space industry. Industry, which is you know everything that goes on orbit, the yeah. rockets, the infrastructure, the satellites, etc. But there's a huge downstream element as well. Is like once you once you take the data from whether that's 
communication satellites or whether that's uh, Earth observation data, so um, looking at the planet, um, and, and taking that data down um, and, and creating valuable products for end users, the downstream part of it. Yeah. And actually, the, the space industry is a lot larger than a lot of people really think, and especially here in Scotland, yeah. um, it's, a, it's a huge, huge and growing um, opportunity for, for Scottish-based businesses to, to tap into. Because imagine years ago, when you when you you said sports, that's used to be very big, and I'm thinking years ago, to set it in space, you acquired a rocket that would, the kind that would be used to power a nuclear missile. And now that, now that they're smaller, you can build smaller rockets that can be launched from basically anywhere. You don't have dedicated dedicated spaceport like you would have a, you have in, in the past in like Cape Canaveral for example yes absolutely and uh, yeah Scotland has three spaceports at the moment um, which which is incredible for such a s- small country yeah. um, you know the you know the because of the size because the size of satellites have reduced um, um, you know, the the size of the rockets have also uh, reduced as well so the uh, you know the there's a business there for organisations that can can launch these small satellites and launch them relatively quickly. Um, the infrastructure required for the smaller um, launch vehicles um, is a lot is a lot less substantial than you know uh, you know your 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 kind of uh, your big rockets that used to you know yeah. put, put, the, put the the billion dollar satellites that were the size of a double decker bus. Um, you know it's uh, you don't. You don't we need the same sort of infrastructure there. So, yeah, it's, it's changed massively, um, and, and actually, um, it's going to continue to change massively over the course of the next decade or so. In terms of, there's more satellites going up. Um, there's more data being being created. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's you know there's talks of uh, a lunar economy and various other things that are going to be really exciting um, on space manufacturing. Um, it's a really exciting industry to be involved in. I guess right now, what you see now is like in the late 50s space race. We're getting back again, but in the kinetic part. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a space race, and it's a space race um, in the private sector rather yeah. than uh, country to country. So it's quite, um, it's quite, a, quite a fascinating uh, world to see that shift. Um, and I think once, once the... Once, um, the organisations that are putting up these infrastructures, once they can make money, once they understand that there's an economic benefit um, and that they can they can they can grow substantial companies, um, um, then then you know you start to see the likes of the the investment world getting getting heavily involved, and uh, you've seen you know record record investments into the space industry over the last decade, and that will continue to continue to expand, I believe. But I guess also because you don't have to rely on basically booking the space on board a Russian a Russian American rocket and then hoping that they must put you on board. Whereas now you've got a lot of guys doing it now. It's easier to get a satellite in space. You don't have to worry about what year will it go. You more like what month this year will we get it up in space? Yeah, if you're putting a, if you're putting a satellite on on orbit or you want to put up a new satellite constellation, um, if you've got the money and you've got the satellites. Um, it's relatively easy now to, yeah. to find a, a launch slot um, and and to, you know to get that satellite on orbit because at the end of the day um, that was one one of the most challenging aspects of, of putting a satellite on orbit was was launch and uh, the, the the barriers to getting something onto orbit so the cost was very prohibitive 
Um, the time was very prohibitive as well because a lot of the smaller satellites, um, you know, were launching with the bigger satellites. So if the bigger satellite um, was was the, the, the development of that satellite um, was delayed by for any reason, um, then it had a knock-on effect to the smaller payloads. Um, so yeah, the, the dedicated launches are de- definitely um, making making it easier to get things on orbit, which is yeah just. You know, getting back to what you guys do, your mission is to digitize the planet. How do you plan to do this? Yeah, so digitizing the planet. So one of the things that we we do as a business, we set out to do as a business was um, there's all this incredible technology going on to orbit. Um, there's all this incredible communications technology. So you've got the likes of Starlink, the likes of OneWeb, yeah, um, and um, that's that's brilliant. Um, that all this technology is going up there, but how do you make it really easy for organizations to leverage this technology and actually deploy solutions? So what we set about doing was building a platform that enabled us to take all this incredible new technology, so the IoT technology that's uh, sensors and you know um, which is which is proliferating across um, large parts of uh, the economy. Um, so all this, all this incredible uh, technology, which is going on to orbit, um, uh, how do we, how do we maximise um, the access to this uh, for, for customers? So what we do is essentially we have a we have a, a, a hardware system which allows us to set up a um, a, a digital um, private network um, anywhere on the planet, um, and we move that data back to anywhere we need to move it to. So whether that's on on the cloud um, or into a customer's dedicated um, data analysis platform, um, and we can do that. So that's why we, that's how we're going to digitize the planet. And, and, it's, and I guess the, 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 the focus of the business is really in a lot of these industries that are operating in areas where there's um, little or you know um, zero connectivity. Um, so these organisations, um, you know, it could be a, a transport network or an energy network. Um, they have, you know, assets spread across large geographic areas. Some of these assets are in areas where there's there is connectivity, so there's cellular connectivity. Um, um, but some of them, um, and some of them are, are in areas where there's just no connectivity, and because of that. The organisations that are running these net, these um, these networks um, can't really see their full uh, their full asset base or their full operations at any one time. So they have to send people to collect data. Um, that leads to a lack of quality in the data, um, adds to latency in the data. Um, and um, what we can do is essentially connect all of their assets, um, no matter where they are. Um, which gives them a real time view of what's going on across the, across their, their their asset base, and this is extremely important if you're trying to understand where to make the right um, intervention um, to either improve performance of your business or to um, to potentially reduce your carbon footprint or and, and make your business more more sustainable. Um, um, Connectivity is a huge barrier to to achieving that um, because if you can't collect the data, if you can't access the data, um, you can't manage and you can't improve. So 
that's really what we try to solve. And also, I guess, basically, when you serve through this data, because some of the data go through, you make sure that your clients, that the data that they receive is what they need. So you sift through all, all the stuff and think, well, this stuff here we don't need. This is what the client wants. We make sure they only get what they need. Yeah, it's it's um, the, the, the bit that we solve is really on the connectivity piece. Mm. So it's a connectivity platform. And we work with uh, partners who build the solutions on top of that. So the, the, the you know, for example, in aquaculture, this is, um, we, we've built a full end-to-end solution. And our data analysis platform essentially pulls out the key information yeah. that the, this, the, the, the producers will need um, in order to go about their, um, go about their business. Um, and uh, rather than just dumping a load of data on them, um, we, we try and provide them with insights, um, actionable insights that allow them to actually you know, make a difference, derive value from that data. Um, there's a lot of data that exists within these, these companies, but they tend to sit in data silos. Um, and that, that was a big issue because a lot of data wasn't actually getting off the, these remote installations um, and back to a central location where the organizations could actually make use of it. So um, actually solving that problem is, 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 is one of the ways of reducing um, this uh, siloing of data. Yeah, because I can imagine there's so much data there and it's not been used, utilized, and it should be, but they probably don't know how do we go about doing this. That's where you come in. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So certainly, we would, we would, we would, um, we can advise on that. But we can also, we also work with a lot of partners who are, you know, specialist um, data analysis uh, companies. Good thing about our organisation is that the, the bit that we do is is is, is make that data accessible, um, no matter you know where in the world that data is coming from, and um, you know provide that data in uh, into those uh, data analysis platforms, it's very important to make sure you can access all your data. And also, I guess, you give a data context. So when you present data, you can tell them exactly what it means and what it's doing. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's, a, that's, a, that, that's massively important because you can do that, you can maximize the value yeah. from, from your service. So yeah, we try and do that with any solution that we build. There's no point in giving someone, oh, this is what, what happened in the past three days. But you can't give me context. You can't tell them this happened thirty days, and that's it. And you don't tell them what time of day, what dates, what times. You can give me everything, so they can fully understand it. Absolutely, yeah. Different, different, um, different users within organisations will require data presented to them in different formats yeah. as well. So, um, if you've got a farmer on a, on a, on an agricultural site or on an aquaculture site, they just need the data presented in a way that gives them the instruction, the task list. Oh, yeah. please, please go to this asset. There's something wrong with it. You know, you need to you need to go and, and fix this. Or you know, there may be environmental scientists who need the data presented to them in a much more um, uh, time series basis. You know, you need all the data from the last year, for example, so they can look at trends, etc. So, um, and then maybe your your financial your CTO within the business is is much more interested in terms of the performance cost performance of the business. Yeah. Well, so they'll need they'll need data in a different way, and then you know regulatory as well. So there's there's a whole load of different users. Um, I think the key bit for us is to make sure that we understand those different users, so we can present the, present the information to those users in a much more um, 
And also, because you, you experience, uh, you got a lot of experience in the space industry, that that's helped you to do this. Absolutely, Ronan. Um, <clears throat> the the experience within the space industry. So, um, first role that I had was within a large corporate. There was um, more than ten thousand people within the business. Um, so that gave me a good grounding in in you know technology development um, and understanding how to kind of rapidly develop. Um, uh, technology um, um, from a kind of concept all the way to kind of delivery and to kind of uh, end customers um, and I did that a number of times within 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 that industry coming into the space industry it was slightly different because um, uh, Clyde Space was actually one of the one of the first um, space companies in Scotland um, and um, so they were a little bit ahead of the game um, when it came to setting up a space company um, there was a hundred people in the business when I joined, so quite a, quite a difference in terms of the, the the size of the company. So that gave me certainly the the experience of working in a much smaller company. Um, and then during during uh, my tenure within the business, the, the business was actually uh, acquired um, by a Nasdaq North listed company, and um, um, that was that was an experience that um, kind of showed me that I could potentially. Do this and gave me the confidence that yes, this market is something that I would um, that I well, we should we should we should definitely look at setting a business up, but also the experience of working in that that kind of small kind of scale up type business um, was um, invaluable actually in terms of. Yeah. Well, to me, it also meant it's easy to manage. Because if you've got a hundred employees compared to ten thousand employees, hundred employees are easy to manage, and you know what's going on day to day. Whereas with ten thousand employees, you can't guarantee you know what's going on. No, absolutely, and you know it's it's really fu- simple things like um, in the com- in the ten thousand person company, you have a full finance department, a full legal yeah. department, a commercial department. Um, you don't need to learn that yourself. You you have those kind of people to rely on. So, and um, when you come into a much smaller business, it's um, it, you have to learn those things, um, and you don't have a, a full uh, business function that can take care of that for you. So. Yeah. You 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 have to be um, prepared to 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 learn. Um, you have to be prepared to um, to to do more than your your kind of expertise, um, um, which is which is actually a key part of um, being able to start your own business. You have to be able to get into the weeds, and, and, and uh, I think over the last four and a half five years, um, I've learned more than I've ever learned um, things that I didn't think I would learn. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, so yeah, it's quite a quite a quite an interesting journey. And you can say that for everyone in the team, it's all hands on deck. Absolutely. And you're all involved because I mean, in, in the past when you worked with a couple of tens of employees, you did a specific role and that was it. Whereas now you're doing more than one role, so you're getting to know the full business from top to bottom how it works. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the, I mean our business has, <laughs> has grown over the last four and a half years. We now have dedicated, um, uh, you know. People who are in charge of specific functions within the business, um, so it's not quite as um, as as uh, as difficult to, as it was in the early days. But yeah. um, it's certainly still um, still a challenge um, in, in uh, making sure that you have the capability in the team, that you have the knowledge within the team. And yes, you can. You know, I can still I still know the majority of things that are going on in the business. Yeah. Um, but um, that's a, that's a big. Um, Big difference between working in a corporate and working in a startup. 
And also, I guess, when we work that up, you can feel the joy and the pain at the same time a lot easier, and that helps you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because when you see something, something and suddenly you're realizing the pain's going on, if your intestines have not fly, it doesn't affect everyone. Whereas with this, now it affects you because you're all closely involved. So, which means that you think, this is great, I'm feeling the pain, but also tomorrow you're going to feel the joy because the pain you had will be gone because you solved it. Yeah, I think um, it's um, the the way that I like to talk about it is that the you know, we are you know, our business really tries to look after its people. Um, yeah. So we we, we 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 put a lot of effort in kind of learning and growing together. Um, um, you know whether that's on the job or, but also you know just getting a product out to market is is a huge endeavour. Um, that requires everybody to to work together um, and um, you know, solving challenges as a group is is, is quite powerful um, and um, and very satisfying for everybody that's involved and um, it's it's important that you know, that doesn't tend to happen when you're in a corporate where you you may have like a project team for example that that's really good but it's it's different when you're in a business because I think everybody you know. You, together as a, as a business and you can see the growth and you can see everything happening in real time and um, people can have a, a real understanding of you know how their contribution can impact business success which is important. And also you can see scaling up a lot easier because when you've got a small a small company with less, less employees scaling up you really see what scaling up is doing whereas in a big company you don't really notice that. No, no, that's true. That's very true. You can Individuals can get lost within big organizations um, less less likely in a small company. Yeah, in a big company, you're not going to get your voice heard. Where a small company, there's more chance people can listen to what you got to say. You might say, I've got an idea. And then because you're small, people are going to hear you because you're a small company and your voice won't, won't get lost. Right, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And before we finish off, tell us a bit about your future plans for, for Crucial. What do you plan to do next? Well, yeah. Um, so we're we're scaling the business at the moment. So we've launched our product last year. Um, we're we're um, entering a number of markets. Um, so our primary market is aquaculture, um, but we're also uh, investigating industries, large industrial um, industries such as um, the energy market, the utilities market, water transport, um, big markets that have. Big challenges in terms of um, the rurality of their of their asset base, um, and um, you know we're helping them on their digital transformation journey. So um, we're excited about the, the next year. This year is a huge year for us, uh, in that we're, we're you know we've um, we've got some big targets for for growth. Um, we're excited about um, um, uh, the, the the opportunity for not only our product, but the way that the industry has gone. So the, the space industry, the new technologies that are coming onto the market, um, we've already seen um, incredible advances in the space communication technology, launches of Starlink, launches yeah. of OneWeb and various others, and they all help our technology because they're, they're, they're a large part of the, the, the ability for us to, 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 to launch new services. We're going to be partnering with a number of um, very interesting organisations in each of the verticals that we're going into, um, and hoping to build um, build um, 
very valuable um, solutions uh, within the markets that we're going into. So these are these are exciting times for the business, um, um, and uh, lots of lots of room for expansion globally as well. So uh, that's that's one of the key things that we're we're looking to yeah. do. We're 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 a Scottish based business, but we're we've always looked globally. Um, we've always looked at the large markets in North America and Asia and, and Australia and various uh, various others um, where there are high value industries operating in pretty extreme uh, challenging environments, lack of connectivity, um, and therefore a barrier to digitisation. So that's that's where we see the huge opportunity, and that's that's the problem we're solving. And also, I guess, well, that people say there could be another pandemic. That's worse than the one we just had. So your technology will be able to help companies work through that and not, not have to worry about the, where is infrastructure work going, what, what data are we receiving, how can we, what can we do to make things better? Absolutely. I mean, the, the pandemic um, really highlighted, I think, to a lot of organisations that um, you don't need to send someone to collect data. Um, and actually, there are technologies out there um, that allows you to manage your assets um, in a much more efficient way. So, yes, um, if there's another pandemic, um, hopefully not, um, yeah. but if there's another pandemic, then um, then the technology that we provide would actually help businesses to continue to operate um, um, to reduce the, the impact of that uh, on their operations um, and, and automate a lot of collection of data. Yes. Because I'm thinking of, of a business that might have be based in Australia, I might have base stations down in the middle of nowhere to get to. And because of a pandemic, you, you send somebody miles and miles out to nowhere, whereas now you can do it with a drone or your satellites to hone in and see what's going on. Absolutely. A lot of the, a lot of the um, uh, people that we're talking to just now about, um, you know, that's, that's one of their major challenges, is that the cost of getting the data is very prohibitive um, in that they're some of them are sending people in helicopters um, to collect data. You know, um, they're sending people long distances um, to 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 check an asset, and you don't need to do that. Um, you only need to send people to to assets if there's an issue. So the the, the bit that we are really solving here is we're making these organisations much more efficient. Um, um, we're we're reducing the risk to you know sending someone in a helicopter is actually very risky, um, very expensive, um, and it results in a kind of latency in the data as well. So, um, uh, you know, removing that um, need to do that um, just helps businesses run a bit more efficiently and then they can dedicate, you can send those resources to do things that are actually going to help them. You know, and also, Jesse, I guess as well, that you're making sure that if it's bad, right, like a bad storm is happening, we don't have to worry about how do how do we get our our staff to fix it. How do we get the data? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, um, we, we've done some work in uh, in aquaculture, as yeah. I mentioned. Um, we've had examples where networks have um, uh, failed because of um, because of storms. Um, and our, our our system's been designed in such a way that if uh, if a cellular network failed, then it would it would revert onto satellite uh, data. Um, um, so that means that the, the service continues to run even in storms. Um, so it's yeah. been designed to be extremely resilient um, because the last thing you want to be doing as a, as a 
business owner is sending somebody out in the middle of a storm to yeah. collect data that um, is super valuable. So, um, you know, our, 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 our solution can help there. To me, it's like a backup generator in a hospital. If a power cut comes down, in kicks in the backup generator, so you, you, you've got maybe one or two seconds without power, and that's it. That's a great, it's a great analogy. Yeah, backup yeah. power. Uh, we are we kind of, yeah, we are we are uh, redundant, resilient communications. That's uh, that's what we do, and, and and I guess the key thing is we can do it anywhere. Yeah, and on that note, I'll say thanks for a great conversation, Alan, and good luck in the future. Thanks very much, Ronan. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.